This is uh, Mike Bennett from the Two Spies Report, and not sure why we're not hearing our uh, theme music here. So I got a little bit of work to do on these live shows. So apologies to our listeners out there. Um, at least there is somebody who has their act together, and that's my good friend here, Adam Sane. I don't know about that. Uh, hey, I'm a little bit of a mystery here. This, the playoff thing was working fantastic here for the the beginning, and somehow he doesn't like uh, the theme music of this show for some reason. So. I'll have to debug what's going on. So it's just the further mysteries of it. Uh, people get what they pay for with the two spies report. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all that expensive subscription that they pay for here. Yeah. So it's good back to be back with you all. This is our second live show. Uh, this is show number eight since we've just been on the air since the first of the year. Um, appreciate you being patient with me while I get these bugs worked out. It does make me wonder about our, how our music for meditation is going to go. So. Um, we may have just like a vow of silence uh, instead of music for meditation today, which is a shame because I have some good cuts, but we need to get cracking. Anything you want to say before we get into some news about the moral, ethical, spiritual elements, what's going on in the news today, which is what we're going to focus on on this show? Well, I just, uh, just want to say thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it, bugs and all. So well, it is it, it is what it is, you know. You are the host of the uh, Conspiracy Normal podcast. Yes, I am. Advanced since 2012, still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Far more well-produced show than what you're seeing here. Um, certainly recommend people check it out. But you have some news stories you'd like to start with us when you want to kick things off. Yeah. Um, things going, if there's... If there's something more immediate you need to make an announcement about, feel free to. Uh, let's let's pick in the things. And again, I'm sorry for the uh, delayed start here on the show. We got a few little mysteries on our automated system here. We'll get figured out. Well, I think that we'll start talking about a story that I ran across on Twitter, and it's not something that I don't think made like national news or anything, but um, it is. A pretty interesting and pretty disturbing story so i don't want to like depress everybody and then there's a story that i have that um i think has something to do with it and also has a little bit of something to do with what you talked about uh last time mike okay. so um i guess you used to call you mike instead of dr future so the this is called, uh, from the Daily Mail, Revealed Mother's Chilling Handwritten Note About Evil That Has Mounted Against Her Daughter Who Shot Her Parents Dead Before Turning the Weapon on Herself in Family Murder-Suicide Pact. Uh, this is, the here's a little bit of the summary. Morgan Dobb, 26, her mother Deborah, 59, and dad James, 62, found dead on January 25th of this year, 2023, in Pennsylvania in a murder-suicide pact. Um, so I'll read a little bit of this, Mike, and then we can kind of, we can kind of discuss it and, you know, kind of give you some of my insights on it. Um. A disturbing cryptic handwritten note was left by the mother of a young Pennsylvania woman who spoke of quote-unquote evil mounted against her daughter just days before they were found dead in a planned murder-suicide pact. The bodies of Morgan Dobb, 26, her mother Deborah, 59, her father, 62, were found behind the family home on Loman Avenue in West Manchester Township where the murder-suicide took place on the morning of January 25th. 
On Friday, police revealed to NBC News how Deborah had left a handwritten document signed six days earlier on January 19th in which she speaks of a joint decision by her and her daughter Morgan to end their lives. The note also referred to the evil that had mounted against Morgan, according to Detective Timothy Fink, but he did not go into further details. Morgan and her father, James, also left notes written on January 24th, consenting to the backyard massacre. The notes suggested how the family had been planning to carry out the shootings and have made final preparations outlining what should become of the family's pet dog and their assets. The notes contain important financial information as well as passages from the Bible. Police also found a document called Cooper's Dog Letter, which was a list of detailed instructions about how to care for the dog they left behind drugged so that it would not bite first responders. Police have since revealed that the way in which the bodies were positioned together with a pair of guns found at the scene and shell casings support the account put forward by the written documents left behind by the family that all three family members decided to live their, to end their lives on 124 2023 According to the York Dispatch, additional written documents left behind by each family member said that Morgan had told her mother that she was having auditory hallucinations which were not getting better, lead detective Fink told the outlet. Deborah wrote that she did not want her daughter to pass on alone, so she had decided to end her life with her, Fink said. The letter written by James indicated that they had told him their plan and he decided that he didn't want to live without them. Morgan was found with a metal sword in her left hand inscribed with the words, the sword of the Lord on its blade and an empty gun holster on the right side of her belt on the morning of January 25th after neighbors saw the bodies and called 911. A living will had been taped to the inside of the sliding glass door of the home signed by all three members of the family according to a search warrant. The document detailed how this trio did not want to be resuscitated if they had been found alive. At the bottom of the note are three distinctly unique signatures for each name listed about, followed by a date of 124-2023 written beneath the names, stated Joseph Staley, an officer with West Manchester on the search warrant. James and Deborah's deaths were ruled as homicides by the York County coroner Pamela Gay, while Morgan's death was ruled as suicide. Police have not confirmed who killed whom and in what order. However, all three died from gunshot wounds to the head. Despite finding the knife, no cutting injuries were found. The black and silver sword of the Lord, a Smith and Wesson M&P shield 9mm piece pistol, a Sig Sauer AR-15 and 9mm shell casings and bullet fragments were collected from the scene, according to the outlet. Snowfall had initially hidden a handgun, which was later located in the backyard by officials. All right, so, so that's not first, the whole article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. First but. of all, let me just say, uh, to add to our problems here. Uh, What's going on? We've got a little problem with our main mic, mic one, with the button. I've noticed it before when I came in here. People were having a problem with it. Uh, I think that button gave out, so I don't even know if they heard me at the beginning. So they've probably just heard the Adam Sane <laughs> show today. So all right. hopefully on, on mic three here, they're getting us all right. So I just want to apologize to the listeners for the... These were some unforeseen things, or little bugs that get in the Well, you can go back. You, eventually, you can go back and listen to these on YouTube, so or or yeah. podcast. Yeah, we're going. So you guys will hear that. You know, some point. A, you'll have an, I, I, Although they'll like the ones without me on it, I think prefer <laughs> that version better. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't so, think so this was a story. I saw it pop up a little bit in the news, and then it moved yeah. on. It did. It didn't stick around. It I didn't did. hear a lot of people talking about it. Um. What 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 are you to draw? I mean, that's a horrific story. 
because it was all premeditated. Uh, it was well thought out. I mean, you had fam- Usually you'll have a disturbed teenager do something and the parents are distraught. This was premeditated with the whole family. This was like a miniature Jonestown in a way. It was, yeah. Um, well, so when I first saw this, I saw this on Twitter, and there were people on Twitter that were really trying to make this seem like it was the family did this because they were upset that Trump didn't get reelected. Right. Uh, well, and, and partly why they did is because they did make some statements online, those people before, right, in social media, that they were they were disappointed yeah in that. yeah but there's a whole lot more going on you there is make that be all of it yeah there, there's a whole yeah there's a whole lot more going on uh some people also said that they thought that you know these people were queuing on and you know that may or may not be true um but really a couple of days after this happened in late January, there was a lady that posted this up on YouTube and actually found the YouTube video that Morgan Dobb had posted. Uh, you guys can probably find this. She had she had her own YouTube channel as well. And if you watch this uh, video, it's probably one of the most disturbing yeah. videos that yeah. you'll watch because uh, this young woman... I'm not going to say girl because she's 26 years old. This young woman, uh, you could tell that she was very highly disturbed. Um, She had what I would probably tip. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I would probably say that it's probably some form of of schizophrenia, especially she was having auditory hallucinations. And um, she was convinced that somehow she was the queen of England. Yeah. Um, and that she was also the Antichrist. And I think that this is what is being referred to as the demonic uh, infestation on the part the what the mother said. Right. Um, it seems to me that it was like this perfect storm where the where the this young woman that still that lived at home with her parents uh, had primarily lived a pretty sheltered life because she was homeschooled. Uh, the only thing that she ever really did was go out and, and bowl, which people said that that's one thing people said about her was that she was a good bowler. Um, and that's all that she did. Um, other and, and she would post these kind of more like kind of disturbing YouTube videos. So I would say that there was probably some, if not schizophrenia, definitely an untreated mental illness on her part. Yeah. Um, the parents probably were not getting her any kind of real help and because probably because I hate to say this, but because of probably this extreme Christian faith that they had and it became this perfect storm where Morgan wanted to kill herself because she felt that she was the antichrist and that's what needed to be done. And the mother decided that she was going to go with her daughter and the father decided he didn't want to live with either one of them without, without either one of them and ended up uh, killing, ended up joining in. And apparently she shot them and then killed herself. Right. And apparently she wore earphones or earmuffs or something. So she didn't have to hear the shot, but it's, it's a pretty sad and, and uh, pretty disturbing story. 
And like I said, if you go and watch this YouTube video, I mean, I had to actually turn it off because I could not. Yeah. You know, I couldn't take it. It's just, it's just rambling. Well, particularly when you know how, how the story ends. Right. You know that makes it, it even, yeah. that makes it even more disturbing. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, the reason we talk about these things is to think what are the implications about to the future or the rest of us or whatever. Uh, wh what do you think is drawn from this? I mean, we've got mental health crisis, which is the elephant in the room of like most of our other problems, including drugs and things like that, that's not being addressed. And then you've got a religious community who just says, well, you just need to pray more. And, you know, some of the more enlightened ones would say, yes, you need to get talk to a, a licensed counselor. You need to get professional help. But there's, there's still this thing about, well, you've really just been a failure if you do that. And now you've got isolation where they isolate. You know, all she did was go bowling. That was her only real foray. Yeah, I know yeah. of an outside world. Right. And so they isolate her more, which is like less of the ability. Because she was, she was not a teenager. She was like 26. Yeah. And, and she seems like a teenager very much in mentality. If you, if right. you watch that video. Right. I mean, you, you're surprised that this is a 26-year-old woman and not like, you know, a 16-year-old. So, I mean, it's, she yeah. seemed very kind of mentally stunted as well. And I don't think that she was, you know, I don't think that that was physical or anything like that. I think that was more of just the way she was raised and the surroundings. Right. But, but it seems like that um, this whole idea about, hey, we're going to sequester our child. And I understand, I, I'm not a parent, so I don't understand that extreme nature, protectionism nature, you know, like the animal kingdom has it and humans do too for their kids where there are, you know, it doesn't take much to take parents and make them terrified of external threats. But this desire of like, well, the world is so evil, I'm going to keep them here next to me. It doesn't seem necessarily when you look at the big picture to accomplish the task of protecting. That's uh, true. And it just does worse because you need some exposure to the world to, you know, at least in controlled doses when you're young. So then when you get older, there's some point you're going to have to immerse yourself in the world. Unless you're in a cult. I mean, you've got to be brought into different ideas and lifestyles and views and stuff and wean yourself in to find your own way. Well, th this, this is a good point because I feel like this is like a, this, this family was like their own little mini cult. Yeah. That she was in effect the leader of it because she had all this supposed spiritual insight. Yeah. And mom and dad followed this and something just went horribly wrong yeah. in the process. Yeah. Um, so this was very much like, I mean, this was a mini Jonestown. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think that, I personally think that this, this is maybe an extreme example of what we're talking about. But I think I see these kind of situations all the time because I am around religious circles. I went to a yep. Christian high school. Um, I've been around homeschooling groups. And I'm not trying to say all of them are all these extremists. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it, the fear and paranoia about the outside world doesn't allow these things to be addressed early. And then 
you know, um, particularly when you get into the more flamboyant expressions of Christianity, of signs of wonders, um, they tend to even shine even less, I think, on professional help. And, and other, like, extreme fundamentalist groups would be the same thing, too. They do. But some of these people, now you're talking about a young lady who people should have seen these flags, and particularly when this video came out. Mm-hmm. How far was that in advance of when she I think did? it was only just a few days. It might have been like two or three days before. But if anybody yeah. saw that video, the moral is they should take immediate action when they see something like this. I mean, somebody's at a minimum having a nervous breakdown, probably. Yeah. Or something like that. There should be some expression of concern. I mean, you know, that's the same way when, like, some of these school shooters. I mean, you know, some of them make material if it's not a video it's some other it's a posting or something else that where they basically are warning that they're going to do this yeah and you know so that's a whole other can of worms i mean how do we deal with that do we take these people and you know say okay well you're a danger to yourself and others and you know that's that's a that's a whole other issue yeah yeah um I think you have a, a wider story that you want to read about this. Yeah, I do. Um, because because you're going to take this and look at it in a broader sense of what's happening. Yeah. So, and and this this goes into I think what you were talking about last week was about social media, and about some of the dangers about it. Um, this is uh, titled. This is from the conspiracy website NBC News. Uh, it says uh, a CDC says teen girls are caught in an extreme wave of sadness and violence. A new report finds an overwhelming wave of violence and trauma and never before seen levels of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among high school students in the U.S. Sexual attacks and other traumatic experiences have led to an unprecedented level of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among America's young women, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported Monday. Our teenage girls are suffering through an overwhelming wave of violence and trauma, and it's affecting their mental health, said Kathleen Ithier, director of the CDC's Division of Adolescent and School Health. Results from the CDC's 2021 Youth Risk Behavior Survey show startling trends. Nearly three in five girls, 57%, said they felt persistently sad or hopeless. That's the highest rate in a decade. And 30% said they have seriously considered dying by suicide, a percentage that's risen by nearly 60% over the past 10 years. As a parent to a teenage girl, I am heartbroken. As a public health leader, I'm driven to act, the CDC's chief medical officer Dr. Deborah Howery said at an unusually emotional briefing Monday, a survey which has been conducted every other year for three decades includes responses from 17,232 U.S. high school students. Overall, more than 40% of boys and girls said that they'd felt so sad or hopeless within the past year that they were unable to do their regular activities, such as schoolwork or sports, for at least two weeks. When researchers looked at gender differences, girls were far more likely to report such feelings than boys. It was so striking to us the consistency with which girls were faring more poorly than boys. At least 52% of teenagers who identified as gay, lesbian, or bisexual or questioning said they struggled with mental health. The survey did not ask whether a person was transgender. Uh, I'll skip down just a little bit. Um, Okay, so indeed a dramatic rise in violent behavior 
targeting girls in particular was a stark finding in the CDC report. One such assault received national attention this one, this month when Adriana Kuch, Kuch Fort, I had to pronounce that 14 was attacked as she walked down a high school, high school hallway in New Jersey. Video of the incident was posted online in an attempt to make fun of her, Cook's father said. Cook, Cook died by suicide days later. Sexual violence, too, has risen among girls with one in five, saying they'd experienced it within the past year, the CDC said. 14% and they had been for, said they had been forced into having sex. as a jump from 11% of teen girls who said they'd been sexually assaulted in 2019. For every 10 teenage girls you know, at least one of them and probably more has been raped, Ithier said at the briefing. Auri recounted Monday a time when as an emergency room physician, she treated a college student who had been sexually assaulted. She was embarrassed and thought she hadn't done enough to stop it, Auri said. Uh, the survey also found that alcohol use continues to decline, with 23% of high school students saying they drank alcohol in the prior 30 days in 2021, compared with 39%. In 2011, only only 16% said they currently use marijuana, compared with 23% in 2011. About 12% said they have ever misused prescription opioids, down from 14% in 2019 and 2017. The first year opioid use was included in the report. The survey did not ask students about reasons for their feelings of sadness or thoughts of harming themselves. While anxiety and depression increased among teens during the pandemic, the trends, especially among girls, have been building for years. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting article. Uh, that there's a lot of pressure on girls coming from a lot of different directions. Well, I would say that the people in the faith community that I know, I'm not talking about the real sensitive visionary types, okay? I'm just talking about the ones who are the, the more high-profile ones we hear about. Um they have a clue what it is that's driving this for the most part with a lot of these young people. It To me, it doesn't seem like they really understand, you know, they're wor more worried about the war on Christmas or they're worried about so whatever something on talk radio told them was the latest not, threat this week. Are you not concerned about the war on Christmas? I, it's right near the top. But um, what, a couple of things that have struck me right before we started back with this Two Spaz report doing a radio show is that there are a few threats out there, and I'm not trying to scare everybody, but there are a few things that doesn't have anything immediately to do with a religious issue. And, you know, global warming is something that, I mean, I'm a scientist, personal science is my career. And so when you see the things that are happening, and it was talked about in the 20s and 30s about industrial effects on global warming, you know that there's something going that has to be addressed. But even beyond that, there's some things I don't know if we'll get to today or not about what is happening to our reproductive capabilities. I'm talking about biologically. Yeah. And now this crisis that we have in mental health, of which the drug problem, you know, there was another report today about a, um, there's another street drug out there that zombifies people. Um, and it just basically rots your arm right at their leg, right at the injection site. Sounds but, like a good time. But um, what the story says, and I, I'll, maybe I'll talk about it on the show some later time, what, what the people who were experiencing it that had, you know, go to it even though it does 
they said that death actually appealed to them. That the fact that they envied the people who actually died from their experience. Now, all this like foolish stuff that we argue about and that we hear our spiritual leaders and stuff try to make or, or politicians top drawer, we have the seeds for pretty near-term destruction because of the, like, for example, in the Northeast, which has always been seen a reputation through generations in the Northeast as grounded, salt-of-the-earth people, you know, the old, you can't get there from here, kind of farmers and craftsmen. But now heroin and other drugs are just absolutely tearing that place apart, is it not? I mean, the Northeast, one yeah. of the last, but you would think, it's tearing up the whole country. Yeah, but I'm saying it's like Norman Rockwell's America is coming <laughs> yeah, apart at the right. seams with drugs. And so we better start getting real about like really what's going on. And I want to, I'm going to try some music for meditation. I want to apologize to our listeners. Being away from the studio, I can only sort of sit up playing A, B, and C in case we have an issue here. And then it's sort of an experiment here on what goes. So I, I'm going to try another attempt here to, to actually play a song. I did a swaparoo uh, talking about this because this is such a sensitive topic. And I want to remind people that if you, it, which a large part of the, our public and therefore possibly this listening audience, has suicidal thoughts at any time, at any time, or a depression where you just don't think you can make it to the next day or whatever, I want to encourage you to call 988. It's free. Uh, they're not going to pry into your background. You don't have to worry about people you know finding out. But it can literally be a lifeline. And you, if you make that other choice, you'd have no chance to reconsider. You have no chance to think, well... I, if I'd only known about that, if I'd known about that, that may have changed things. Because we need every one of you out there. As you've seen from how I've done this show, there is a place for people who aren't the smartest, who aren't the most beautiful looking, who aren't the most skilled, who fumble stuff. You could still do a show better than I can right here. And so the world is of opportunity for those of us who don't look like the models on TV don't look like the most popular kids in school and there's a million things we can do and find fulfillment and um, you need to have a chance and give yourself a chance to find those things and it may take doing 10 things before you find the 11th one that just clicks with you but uh, I just want to remind people you need help dial people who are real professionals 988 uh, I believe that's the number isn't that right I think uh, for it, but I'm going to try a song by a very interesting person uh, of our history by the name of Janice Ian. Do you remember Janice Ian? Yes. Uh, she was very popular. She did a song back in 66. It was actually, I think, released in 67 called Society's Child, and it was way ahead of its time about the social stigma of a mixed race relationship in high school and how it was doomed and it was very controversial. A lot of radio stations wouldn't play it. It still became a big hit, but it actually sort of set her back, even though Leonard Bernstein and others endorsed it. But she had written it, this very deep song, very intricate uh, uh, arrangement as a 16-year-old. And she, she had another song done around that same time. She didn't have a hit until she did the song at 17. 
which was a, a song about people like us who weren't the most popular kids in school and didn't have the idyllic life like you see in the movies and TV. But this other song she did is called uh, uh, Jane, Janie's Blues. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's off her same debut album. She had written this also at 15. She arranged a lot of the music in it, and if I can get this thing to play right now, you're going to find... Will a, it play? Yeah, it's a, it's a story about a young lady whose parents hadn't really intended to birth her. It was sort of done as an accident, and she was always in the way. Now, I'm sure that story has been felt by people, maybe the people listening out here many, many times. And so what they're trying to do is just trying to manage her, and it wreaks havoc in her life. So I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. So, you know, when you see people who are having a hard day, or kids who are getting on your nerves or whatever, maybe in the checkout line, a restaurant or something like that, everybody is dealing with some kind of crisis in their life. Somebody's got an obstacle, something they can't seem to overcome. And, you know, I want to tell people they're free to call here if they want to talk. Uh, we're here in the studio, 615-662-8229. And we'd be glad to talk with you and be glad to have you as a friend. But in the meantime, I'm going to get a little shot and see if we can get this thing to play like we did the promos at the beginning of the show, and then we'll be back to the Two Spies Report.
Okay, we're back to the Two Spies Report with Mike Bennett and our good friend Adam here. Uh, hopefully we had uh, some good music there to work. I know that was a long cut. When I used to be here before and, and Mrs. Bennett would be listening at home and she could control the automation. From, if there was a problem in the station, like there was something like really going on bad and it was out of control, I would play a song called Moving at Midnight. And that song instrumental was a cue for her to take over and try to fix the thing. So it's uh, like what the Russians when they play Swan Lake, it means that there's actually right, been a right, overthrow of the right, government. Right. It's always been the history. Well, I want to jump into something. I know our time's getting away, um, but there's nothing more serious than what you talked about on this. There's some unfinished business I had about the Re-ama- reawaken America tour, or what they call the Rat tour, which is trying <laughs> to keep the the Trump movement and worldview and lifestyle alive and mixing in Christianity with it, Christian elements and nationalism. Christian and it, nationalism is basically what it right. is. Right, and I want to introduce a new prophetess that's a new one who's found some kind of marketable economic angle to carve her niche into this. Well, I'm glad there's a new one out there. Well, let me just go. I'm going to go back to the Associated Press uh, article that I had is called uh, Michael Flynn's Reawaken Roadshow Recruits Army of God from Associated Press. They mention here a poll by University of Maryland conducted in May, I believe that's 2022, that 61% of Republicans declaring, uh, support declaring the U.S. to be a Christian nation. Now, Christian nationalism, which, which by the way was what all of the religious persecuted people like the the puritans left europe was because each nation was actually saying not only whether they're christian or not but even what type of christianity and they that's why they founded this nation was to get away from that um someone who's the director of the baptist joint committee amanda tyler says christian nationalism undermines and attacks foundational values and christian and american democracy and that is a problem of a promise of religious freedom for all and she says that this reawakened cause is a partisan political cause and the cause here is to spread misinformation to perpetuate the big lie and to have a different result next time in the next election now this was a tour that was just it wreaked havoc here in nashville mostly on your end of town traffic and a yeah. bunch of other stuff they didn't plan we talked about that the last time we were together yeah yeah and one of the persons who was at, at a Cornerstone Church in Batavia, New York, which was like one of the earlier stops they had on this, right. that was there, um, mentioned that uh, out from the stage, speakers stirred up fear and hatred. Immigrants are rushing over the border to take your place, one said. Homosexuals and pedophiles are classified in the same category. Sinful people who don't honor God. Life-saving vaccines are creating a damn genocide. The enemy wants to muzzle you, another speaker warned. He wants to shut your mouth. Um, however, the visitors there, the, the people attending, saying, if you want to look around, you'll see a group of people that love this country dearly. At this Reawaken America tour, Jesus is king and President Donald J. Trump is our president. Now, this sounds like what I would hear in my neighborhood, uh, where I live. Um, now, the Associated Press and Frontline, I believe that's a PBS uh, program, it is. bought tickets to go to that event uh, and got prepared listening to speakers. But on the second day, security escorted a Frontline reporter from the grounds because he was told 
Flynn believed he intended to cover the event unfavorably. So they muscled him out, sort of like the 68 Democrat Convention. Well, when the reporter began interviewing people attending the event at the end of the second day, she was also reported to security. Now, this sounds like the 1920s Nazi uh, things where they pick them up by the elbows and carry them out, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but uh, let, me, let me skip ahead because I want to introduce you to this prophetess while time is getting here. Um, there's all sorts of pictures of them blowing the shofars here, which is what we've seen at some religious conferences we we've been yeah. at, which mm-hmm. is sort of when they play religious cowboys and Indians and and they sort of fantasize themselves killing people in mass who are different than like in the Bible. Um, Roger Stone was one of the big attendees. He gives his little Nixon peace sign and the Eric Trump and the others. Did he show his tattoo? Yeah, I don't think he showed his tattoo on the back. Um, in Batavia, Greg Locke, a Tennessee pastor, who we know here locally, mm-hmm. and Eric Trump declared in back-to-back remarks that the FBI's court-authorized search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago in Florida showed how big the government has been weaponized against its citizens. Um, here's some other interesting speaker things that were said. One claimed President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 63 because he threatened to expose a plot to enslave every man, woman, and child in the U.S., Another said a Hebrew prophet foretold 2,500 years ago the exact date the U.S. Supreme Court would overturn Roe v. Wade. So uh, th- this is the kind of stuff. Now, another survey they cite in here from the University of Oklahoma uh, says that half of white Americans who most strongly identify with Christian nationalism said they believe things are getting so bad that real patriots may have to resort to violence. It's comforting. Now, these are people who also simultaneously are probably the most armed in our country. Right. And, you know, people poo-poo this and say, well, these people are all talking no action. But we can't forget January 6th, you know, which was sort of a bungled, you know, seat of the pants kind of thing. Well, we can't expect that that's going to be, you know, as simple. Let me go on because of our time directly to one of the speakers who started doing her prophecies there and got to be really popular uh, there. And I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut past the people who were citing her there because I mean one person was talking about the death angel was coming and kill it was gonna kill this year people like Joe Biden and most of the Supreme Court people, even Lindsey Graham and others. I don't know if you remember seeing that uh, when it was coming out. But um, both Did they say Coleman, this was gonna happen in twenty twenty two? Uh, I think it was by the end of the year, I think. So Uh, maybe it happened and we didn't see this. Now, it says um, at this conference, it says one came at about 2 p.m. when Julie Green, a self-proclaimed modern-day prophet, foretold of Trump's return to office. And then this is her prophecy she got from God. It says, God, you can't stop my son, who is the rightful president, Green said, as the crowd rose to a standing ovation. Wait a minute. They're saying that... Donald Trump is God's son. Is God's son? Well, of course. I would let that sink in are you just gonna, for are you just gonna, for a second. Is he? You going to argue with the G- prophet? Is he Jesus's brother? Well, I don't know. I mean, I know in Mormonism they teach like what that Satan is his brother. I think, from my understanding. So I don't I know. I thought if it that works was Jehovah's like Witnesses, but I'm, I'm not sure about Mormon. that. Yeah. Um, but she says uh, there was clanging cowbells uh, and the blowing of ram's horns. He's on his way back, and he 
How he takes his position back on center stage, you will never see it coming because you won't see me coming, and I am with him. Uh, it says, Green adds, this will not necessarily wait till 2024 because God can do it in unconventional ways. Now, I went to her website at jjiminternational.org, and um, it says on there that, with a picture of her, Julie Green started preaching in 2010 and has been associate pastor at Faith Family Fellowship since 2013, where her father is head pastor. Her father and mother became born again and were filled with the Holy Spirit while her mother was pregnant with Julie. Uh, so that probably had something to do with Julie. Her father went to Rima Bible College, which, again, was founded by Kenneth Hagin, someone who I've brought up before. He's sort of at the root of a lot of the signs and wonders movement. Um, where she was first introduced to the message of faith. She gave her life to Christ at the age of five and was filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm assuming then at the age of five, and started laying hands on the sick. Um, her faith foundation is built on the word of God. She believes that when we speak God's word, God moves and performs his word with miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, the best part about her website, JGM International, if you want to go, is that she has routine prophecies you know every few days and it sounds like you're reading out of a bible passage but it's all her and there's of course a lot of wiggle room like you'd expect is this kind of like Criswell predicts a little bit like yeah Criswell predicts yeah. like that was in the uh movies of um like playing nine from outer space and, uh -huh. uh, um i think he said people would be living on mars by 1980 well that's true yeah um now uh one of the prophecies that she was reading on behalf of God, telling the rest of us, it says um, they, talking about the enemies of God and, and of us, uh, are creating more viruses and sicknesses so people become too sick and weak to fight back. They have used their news media to depict lies as truth. Uh, they program people's ways of thinking, and even some of my church fell for it. They have controlled businesses, governments, churches, food supplies, medication, and hospitals. They've even controlled the weather. Now, uh, here's some, like, she sort of dropped some words in for you to keep in mind of. Budapest. I say this name again. Something is now what it seems to be there, and you'll soon hear about it. A rock will be in the news. A massive explosion will be seen there. This is a lot like what you used to remember the old horoscopes would have this, you know, when I was growing up as a kid in the newspaper. Watch the Middle East. Great unrest is about to be seen. Great chaos the world leaders didn't expect. Hungary will be in your news for an unusual reason. A large earthquake is about to be in your news. The biggest one recorded in a long time. Well, that one may have happened. John Kerry is to be exposed big time. Now, here's where it gets interesting to me. Again, I say President Zelensky is about to make a big mistake and will give himself away. Again, I say things are, are not how they appear to be with Russia. Many things are to come to the surface that your government wasn't counting on. Informational warfare has been going on, and it's all about to blow, saith the Lord. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but um, she gets pretty hardcore on the pro-Russian uh, end. Uh -huh. um, the World Economic Forum is about to take a major hit, and many whistleblowers are coming out to expose them. Later in October, let's see, this is October 10th, she says, uh, by the way, just make a note of this if you're keeping notes. Trumbull, this name will be in your news. Uh, 
New Zealand will be in your news. Greenland will be in your news. Gorbachev, this name will be in your news. Truth will pour out regarding this name and expose more going on in Russia than you realize. Was this before Gorbachev died? I don't know. Because he died last year. Well, this is October 10th. I think that was well before that, when he died. It says, things are not how they appear with Putin. I say again, maneuvers are being made to help the United States. You have no idea what information will be released. Uh, do not believe what the news is saying about Putin. There's been a great war of false information and distractions. January 6th, information has been suppressed, but it's about to be released. This information will set everyone free who's been illegally detained and imprisoned on January 6th. I think, do you, do you get a feel? For, By the way, uh, Gorbachev died in August. So, she was even know, late I don't quite know what she means there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gas chambers is going to words going to be used in a significant and shocking reason coming up. Hydroxychloroquine will be in your news for a significant reason. So, more documents that were sealed and hidden in a place your enemies thought they could never be found. Sanhedrin. This word will be in your news for a surprising reason. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari. You're about to take a fall you didn't see coming. Who? Who? I looked them up. That's for another day to talk about. France, explosive information is going to be exposed, and your president will not stay in his seat. This is time for the end of the one-world government. So you heard it from from God's mouth. Now, you remember how the, the original Holy War started with uh, the Crusades. Was it Peter the Hermit that came Peter out? Peter the Hermit, The Pope yeah. and the other Right. They made it a holy war by making these pronouncements that God himself was initiating these things. Yeah, that was the that was the groundswell that that, that started the First Crusade. Yeah. Well, whatever pro-Putin sentiment there is right now, most of it is because of the anti-gay approach of the Russian Orthodox Church is what really energizes them. But whatever there is, and plus that they're just anti our current administration, so they go to the arms of Putin. But... I think that they're going to start having more and more impact to maybe be hands-off and sort of like sacrifice Ukraine as a sacrificial land. I, I, and if we get a change of administration, well, let's just hope things get resolved over there before then. But I do have something I want to that's play. What, that's what Putin counts on. He, he's counting on that to happen. I want to play one more music for med meditation for a guy I discovered that I don't have time to talk about fully. His name was David Hoy. I'm going to leave that as homework for listeners. Who was, he was a minister, a Baptist minister. Went to Southern Seminary, taught there, and he's part of some secret society there that I'll tell you about later involving like Al Mohler and other stuff. But there was a song that was done by him by Tupper Saucy, who was also a guy from Nashville here who did a big hit from the Neon Philharmonic and then was on the run as a conspiracy theory a theorist. But it was a fugitive from the government. So I wish I could elaborate more. But this David Hoy guy is a guy who I'm studying right now because he was in hundreds and hundreds of newspapers giving his prophecies and about ESP and things and had an own television program. And then he just suddenly died in 81. He just started on cable. But this is a song done by him that sort of sounds like these prophets. And we're going to hear more from these prophets in the days ahead. But if I can get this to work, here is... The Wayward Bus Doing the Prophet. I prophesy a pair of Hollywood stars will die by violence in April or May. 
a part of him. He knows what's going to happen, he's the prophet. The world to him is a timeless place. I foresee the United States failing to recover two astronauts from space before April 1969. Although he knows exactly why, nobody wants to listen to the prophet. People live in the present I predict in September 1968, one of the biggest forest fires in history to hit Southern California. news of a flying saucer base in Brazil and a death connected with its discovery. Okay, we are back to the Two Spies Report with Mike Bennett and our friend Adam here on the live episode. Um, sorry this has been a rocky road again this week. I, I thought I really had it together based upon what observed last time and uh, that little beginning. I don't know what was going on. I did a new playlist on here and think everything went smooth since then we, Good haven't, we haven't had our new friend from hold the funk come in so hopefully he'll be in otherwise you may be hearing something else or an older show or a little bit more of me anything that people need to know about announcements from you between now and this time next month uh nothing that i can think of i don't really have anything um going on i mean i can i can you know my podcast there's Still, you know, conspiracy normal. Um, okay. You guys want to check that out? C o n s p i r i n o r m a l. 
if you guys want to check that out, uh, that's something. If you want to hear something far more professional than that, that's the place you need to go. Yeah, I don't know about that. Been around for a long time. and Give a shout out to Surfio, your partner in crime over there. My co-host, and he he also uh, edits the show as well, so shout out to him. Uh, And hopefully, this is going to take time for people out there driving in town to find out where it exists out here and what's going on. And so um, I'm hoping that uh, over time, more and more people are going to bump into this train wreck and just be intrigued by it. Uh, just like gawking at a wreck on the side of the road. And we'd love for you to call in sometime the last Thursday uh, of every month at 5 o'clock. We're going to be doing Two Spies Report Live. Uh, we are trying to accomplish something here. We want to have healthy, spiritual, ethical, and moral responses to the challenges of today and actually progress as a people. So. That's what our real goal and what what we're doing here. And I want to thank you, Adam, for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sorry, I always get, enjoy it. Sorry we didn't get through more stuff. If I have less drama inside the studio, we can think a little bit more deeply about some of these other topics. Yeah, we, so. did, we didn't get to talk about, maybe next time we can talk about the guy who uh, found the the uh, the image of Jesus in, in, in wood. Well, yeah, and, I, and I've got one. I figured that it. was an important story, a faith-based story. Yeah, about the uh, mosque of... Uh, ship having part of the cross of Christ there they got uh-huh, right. so we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that but we got to say goodbye and so uh, we're going to see you until next time so we'll see you next Thursday at 5 until then keep exploring like the two spies assessing and staying positive and be willing to stand against the crowd good day walking down the road with the good book in my hand Telling all my friends about the promised land Of the joy they'll find there And the peace of mind